Some of history's greatest minds, thinkers, philosophers, writers, historians, generals, emperors. Many of them argued endlessly with their contemporaries over the topics that concerned the people of that time or place. In fact, one of the gems of the Western tradition is the Platonic Dialogue, a genre of literature developed by Plato and Xenophon. Platonic dialogues were written by a single author, but they allowed the writer to form long arguments and counterarguments by speaking through different characters with differing opinions on a given topic. As the characters argued, the truth would eventually be revealed, thereby proving whatever point the author was trying to make. Early dialogues often featured Socrates as a character, debating with some other person to discover more about their point of view. And can you really think of a better protagonist? I certainly can't. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's the most inquisitive man maybe ever. And though this tradition began 2,300 years ago, the Platonic Dialogue format proved extremely useful over the centuries and continues to play a role in philosophical discussion today. Some famous dialogues from history include De Republica by Cicero, The Consolation of Philosophy by Boethius, featuring lady philosophy rather than Socrates as a character, Three Dialogues between Hylas and Philonous by George Berkeley, David Hume's Dialogues Concerning Natural Religion, and Life and How to Survive It by psychologist Robin Skinner and comedian John Cleese of Monty Python fame. Now ask yourself this, and please be honest. Do you think the average high school student could write a convincing scene in which two characters with differing views calmly discuss a topic and come to a rational conclusion about it? Could the average adult even do it? Odds are, no, probably not. Why is that? It is pretty clear that most Americans do not know how to debate logically, and you can't really blame them. They were never taught how. Unlike back in the day, logic and rhetoric are not taught in public schools nor in most private schools. Logic is the science that deals with the principles and criteria of validity of inference and demonstration, the science of the formal principles of reasoning. Rhetoric is the study of writing or speaking as a means of communication or persuasion. Neither are taught in our modern education system. So what went wrong? Education from the ancient Romans to the Enlightenment was pretty much unchanged. We call it now classical education. It focused on the trivium, which is grammar, logic, and rhetoric, in that order. Grammar teaches raw facts. Logic teaches understanding of facts and how to form basic arguments. And rhetoric teaches effective presentation of arguments. Each respectively corresponds to elementary, middle, and high school. This makes sense. Young children love to tell you all the facts they learned. Middle schoolers love to argue. And high schoolers seek wisdom and the big picture. Hence why so many kids these days become social justice warriors or libertarians in high school, like some of us. We should cover classical education in a future episode, don't you think? I think we certainly should, and uh, I think a great place to start would be uh, with your great book's reading list, which you have said is, is basically a substitute for a classical education, right? It's, it's a substitute for the high school level. Oh, okay. It's not usually started until high school age. But it's certainly more than what high schoolers today are getting. Yeah. Realistically, you should be taught uh, logic and grammar beforehand. You kind of get it through public school. You learn a lot of grammar, as in just raw facts in elementary school, but you don't learn the logic. So it's important. Of course. And what would you say would be in some of the books that you have come across in this list? That might be a good introduction to people who didn't have that classical education or who want to get into logic and rhetoric and things like that. To be honest, uh, the list almost assumes that you have that basic level. Really? Yes. I would say there's one counterexample. Um, I haven't read it yet, 
but I have it in my collection. It is Rhetoric by Aristotle. He's one of the founders of the field, of the legitimate rhetoric, not just sophistry. Yeah, um, so how to persuade and how to argue effectively and make a good case you're saying, yes, is what he was and not just about. convince people. There's a difference between trying to convince somebody and trying to be right and get people to agree with you. So yeah, I, I recommend books outside of the great books to read first before you delve into the great books or any, any old book, because any old book assumes that you already have that basis of grammar and logic. It's kind of like I heard in, in the old Disney movies, the really old like cartoons they would do, they would play classical music in the background, like classical tunes. And it was assumed that everybody above elementary school like knew the composer and the name of the piece. Really? Yeah, so they could say, oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was Bach, that was... Beethoven... Oh, that's Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto number two. Like, they would... That was be- considered basic knowledge back then, like a century ago. I-, I can't even imagine a modern elementary schooler, middle schooler, even a high schooler who didn't have any music education, even some that do, that were in band or whatever. I can't imagine them just being able to go back and watch a cartoon and be like, oh, yeah, I know, I know what that is. I never learned that, and I took seven years of band. Wow. Yeah, the the standard back then for what was considered common knowledge and what was what you were supposed to learn in school way higher than it it is. I mean, it's just it's just miles and miles above what we have today, which is sad. But that doesn't mean that we should accept a, a you know, a defeatist attitude because the sources are out there. A library card basically free. Yeah, and there's lots of modern books that were written by people with classical education in mind trying to teach about grammar, logic, rhetoric. There's lots of classical education resources out there. A lot of them are geared toward homeschooling, but still, you can find them. They're not inaccessible. And maybe one day we will compile a short video listing some of them. So look out for that. I think that'd be a helpful resource. And also maybe a video on homeschooling. Returning to our own times, people are ignorant of basic facts Just watch one of Jay Leno's geography quizzes with strangers or anything with the uh, the on-the-street interview type of format. They can't form a basic argument without resorting to name-calling and emotionalism, and they lack wisdom. This matters. Without logical debate, the only way to solve disagreements is through force. That's what we're seeing today with the uh, woke politics and the new right. As we mentioned earlier, words are considered literal violence to many on the left today. Debate may make you uncomfortable, but it is better to get in a debate with a rival than a knife fight. Just saying. Also, we can never know the truth without logic as our guide. Now, do you think that the right is still capable of debate, even if it's only among other members on the right or with libertarians? And is the left capable of debate among their members? Uh, To answer the latter question, I think increasingly no, in that even there's a lot of infighting within the left. Like you got the AOC people against like the more establishment and they don't often resort to logic and argumentation. It's just screaming matches and accusations and doxing and swatting, swatting. You do see a lot of that and you don't really see them challenging each other even to debates like, hey, come on my podcast, let's debate. I mean, every now and then you do. And in the normie sphere, you sometimes see that or, hey, let's let's discuss this or whatever. And on the right, you definitely see, hey, come on my show come on my podcast and let's talk, you know, let's meet somewhere or I'll go on your show. Let's do this. There, that is almost just a feature of the right. I think even among people who are 
on different sides of, of issues. And then there is a lot of disagreement on, on issues on the right and among you know, libertarians. So yeah, I, I would say that the left is, is not capable of that. As far as libertarians go, I still think they, they have a lot of argumentation within. And I think they actually use proper, well, they, they resort to arguments instead of just other tactics. Yeah. They're probably the best group about it, to be honest. You think libertarians are the best about just debating? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I, that's I all they do. They don't actually do anything, so. <laughs> Got em. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. And so, it's, I mean, if you're going to have basically no skill, if you're going to have one skill, it might as well be debating right? and writing yeah. books about uh, child slaves and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the future of the right in this way, because the new right is kind of a more might makes right. Increasingly. Yeah, to where, well, this, it, there's no more room for debate. It's time for action, which is fine in a way. You know, we don't want to just debate forever and let everyone else act. But also, right. but also we, we shouldn't just say, oh, you disagree, like time to punch you in the face or time to shut you down. There needs to be a balance. There does. Uh, but, you know, that balance can only last so long before people really start pushing and shoving us into action. And I think that's kind of where we're at. There's a lot of people, and there's even a big split on the right as to when do we draw the line of, okay, are we done debating? Are we done talking? Them's fighting words. Let's do it, boogaloo, etc. So that is a big topic of debate on the right, in as much as people can debate it without getting arrested. But yeah, it's, uh, it's getting tougher and tougher. And the new right is a result of the new left. Their, their response that Trump... And all of that, it's a response to leftism. It wouldn't have happened if the left was calmly debating and wasn't like taking over everything. I agree. And if they hadn't controlled all the institutions or the majority of the institutions and wasn't constantly running around saying, oh, you're a Nazi, you are a white supremacist, racist, bigot, xenophobe, we need to get these out of here. I just heard the, I think it was Hochul or someone in New York saying, you know, get out of here, go down to Florida. We don't want you here. You're not real New Yorkers. That's the type of rhetoric we're hearing. You're not real Americans. You're not real New Yorkers. You're not real this and that. If you believe in Trump or you believe in X, Y, Z, if you don't fit into the very narrow woke ideology, you're not part of our group. It's so exclusionary. And the rhetoric behind it is just so nasty. It's no wonder you've got people on the new right who are assuming a more authoritative stance. I guess to conclude this discussion, it kind of reminds me, lots of people on the left and the new right, they, they make fun of the old school, like uh, marketplace of ideas kind of conservatives. And I don't know, they just that just came to mind. I don't know where we want to run. No, they do make fun of them for good reason, because we realize that in the marketplace of ideas, it only works if everybody cares about ideas and not about power. Once someone comes into the marketplace of ideas, with an AK, you know, good luck selling your ideas and trading your ideas. And that's essentially what has happened. Thanks for listening to the Sons of Antiquity Highlight Reel. To hear this clip in context and to enjoy our full-length episodes, check out the links in the description or search Sons of Antiquity on YouTube, BitChute, Spotify, or Apple and Google Podcasts.